I think that the trading card companies are doing a disservice to their business and a disservice to the collectors. But there was a scene where he's like, I want that Muhammad Ali signed glove. Yes. Is that real? Did he, did, is he currently in possession of it? Mike Tyson walked out of my office with my Ali glove. Even if you can, you don't want to oftentimes go to these people and ask. Um, and that's actually how I met Drake. His manager came to Golden, contacted Golden, and they started looking for items. One day after he bought a couple things at auction, one day they, he just gave me a shopping list. Like it's you're carrying it. around the one of one, Superman yeah, exactly. one of one. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a guy out outside the building with a gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we saw. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Business of Influence. Today's guest is super, super special to us because he is the king of collectibles. Like, literally the definition of influence. He is the owner of Golden Auctions, known for selling billions and billions of dollars worth of sports memorabilia, pop culture memorabilia, so many other things. He once did a, a, a live opening with Drake, uh, that we're going to dig into. And he pulled a million dollars worth of Michael Jordan rookie cards. There's like security guards outside, Secret Service. I thought it was maybe like politicians, but it's it's actually this amazing man. We're going to talk about his backstory, uncover some of the rarest pieces he sold, and dive into his billion-dollar business. Mr. Ken Golden, everybody. Thank Woo! you so much for being here. Thanks Welcome to the Business here, of Influence. Glad to be here, Ryan. So... There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, he's going for it. Adrian um, is, Adrian's fangirling a little bit. So yeah. if you see his legs move a lot and his, yeah. his ankles are twitching right now, he's usually not this uncomfortable. Before you walked in, I was like, all right, don't fanboy, don't fanboy, don't fanboy. I even wore this, I don't normally wear jerseys, but okay. I don't have a, much of a collection, but this one's special to me. And you are the king of sports memorabilia, so I thought I'd wear this for you. Um, who are you? For people to know, who like don't know, haven't watched the show, and if you haven't, go watch it. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Ken Golden. I've um, been in collectibles my entire life. Honestly, I tell people that I've never really made a penny any other way. I've never worked for anybody else. I've always, really? since I was 12 years old, was buying and selling uh, sports cards. Wow. And I guess the, the, the shortest, shortest version as I can give you is in 2012, I came up with the idea to start an auction house. So I started Golden. Our first year in business, we did uh, $800,000. How, uh, how old were you? Oh, in 2012? Oh, 2012, I was you know, 40. So yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it. When I was 12 years old, I first started. I started doing this. I thought you were 12. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah, year yeah, you did no, 800 no, grand. No, no, in the late. <laughs> <laughs> in the late 1970s, early 1980s, I started buying and selling, and Got I it. actually uh, paid my, uh, I bought my first car. My parents, you know, were going to buy a car, but they didn't want to get me my car. So it was a Trans Am, yeah. which most parents probably won't give her a first car. Uh, they want you to drive safe. Nice. And Not your um, responsible. Paid off my, you know, went to college, paid off my college loan. But like literally, it's like, I remember the kid still contacts me that I traded. I had this electric car set, you know, and you know, race cars. And, he was over my house and we worked out a trade. I got his sports card collection. He got my race cars. You know, so he probably got something that was, my parents probably got for $39 retail. And I probably at the time got like four or $500 worth of cards. Today, they'd probably be worth $10,000, $20,000. And nice. then I just sold some and started buying and selling and going around and just flipping stuff. And it's really expanded in, into other collectibles like, you know, autographs and game use and then into comic books and pop culture, historical. And then I, I used to be the guy that you would see on um, QVC. The Yankees win the World Series and they yeah. go out and selling autographed Derek Jeter stuff or Yankees trading cards. And you see some guy that's not the host talking about it. That was me. You know, that, that, that's what I was doing. And then when that business slowed down, I started Golden. How big of a, uh, 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 remember when Tom Brady retired mm -hmm. and there was that last, what was it, the football? Yep. And then he unretired and that oh. guy paid so much money for that ball. Yep. Do you remember that? Of course. I, I know the guy, uh, not, only, not only do I remember it, but I w know the buyer and I was advising the buyer on what to do. Oh, what to do after, after like after, the 42 he, days he later when he unretired. Yeah, no, what happened was he, the auction closed on a Saturday night. Yeah. And Monday morning, Brady announced he uh, was coming oh, back. Wow. So, the guy, so the guy had not paid. 
So the problem was uh, the way they advertised it, they advertised it as his final touchdown. Yeah. You know, that you know, that was it. And of course, you can't they they just they just got they just caught themselves up, so he didn't have to pay, is what worked out. Is the sports card market oversaturated right now? The modern card market is oversaturated. So they, when the new card business, look, I when I started collecting cards, like really started, there was first pack I ever bought was a Topps pack from the 1970s. It was only Topps, only one company. Yes. Um, then there was Fleer and Donruss in the 1980s, and then you added Score and Upper Deck. There was the junk wax era, right? Okay. Yeah. What's going on now? To me, makes the junk wax era look look good because there's so many companies. You know, you know, you know. Obviously, there's only one licensed company, but there's all these other companies putting out you know player licensed stuff, and then the companies that have it, like Panini. I can't keep track of every Panini brand. Okay, there's forty different brands of every sport, and then within those brands, they have thirty or forty parallels. I saw. Somebody, um, you know, somebody one day on Twitter was pointing out how many like one of one Mike Trout cards there were issued in uh, 2009, which was um, I think like four. Yeah. And then I think they said somebody last year, you know, basketball player had over 2,000 one of one cards that were issued that oh, wow. year. So it kind of, it kind of, I, I, look, I think that the trading card companies are doing a disservice to their business and a disservice to the collectors. I think they need to simplify it. Yeah. I think they need to put out less product. I think they need to reduce the production. And I think they need to put out less variations of each product so that when somebody pulls next year, you know, um, when, when, when people go to get the number one draft pick, they're not going to want, they're going to want to know, this is the key card, right? This is like, this is the granddaddy. You know, this is the card I want to own, not... Okay, there's eleven thousand different rookie cards. Which yeah. is the best one? And I think that hurts consumer confidence. And I think that's what's going on right now. You had the big boom in 2020 and 2021, where everything was gold, and no matter what it was, it was going up. But when things settle down, you have to be more choosy, and that's what's happening right now. How busy were you during COVID? Mm. How did how did your life change from 2019 to 20? 20, 2021. Okay. I, I read you were doing live auctions with your son. Is that what I? Yeah. So what happened was in, in 20, in, in a business perspective in 2019, we were the second largest in our industry. We did uh, $26 million wow. in 2020 in sales, right? In sales in yeah. sales in 2020 with the same staff of 17, we did over a hundred million. But <sighs> what happened was we you know, were in, in New Jersey. So we were kicked out of our office yeah um said okay you got to get home so this is in march and then i guess you know we and then we found out that we can have certain people there because we were a um we were a necessary service because we were considered financial because we're people can sign stuff with us and we need to sell it for them so we're able to have limited people at the office but i i just i was stuck home and i was having people all over the world ship stuff to me. So I literally was having millions of dollars of stuff in my basement. I'm sorting out these cards and I'm calling and texting and emailing WhatsApp people in China to buy these exquisite basketball cards because I got this incredible high-end collection. So it was nonstop. And then of course, you know, my, my ki kids were home from, kids were home from school. My son was home from school and, uh, he was uh, six at the time. So yeah, so he would not do his schoolwork, just would not do it. <laughs> so what we said was every day you do my, uh, do homeschooling by, yeah. um, and what's funny is, so you saw that you saw the, yep. um, you saw, okay. Yep. So he would not, I, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not a whole homeschooler. My wife could not tolerate putting up with him. So my daughter, <laughs> Laura, yeah. Was his, you knew that was, was, yep, was, yep. was that's who he was working with. Nice. Who, who herself at the time, was she a, uh, a sophomore in college or a freshman? So, so Laura Golden is out there trying to teach Paul Golden what to do <laughs> and making him sit and punishing him. And it was, it was just, uh, there was a lot of fighting in the house. But every day he did it, I'd say, okay, we'd open up a box. So we went on Instagram Live. And I think for like 90, you can go back and like, I'll see these old videos from 2020 and how much of a baby Paul looks like because older, you know, nine now, uh, I'm going to be 10 in August, but every day we opened up a box of cards and apparently it really, I was not an Instagram user before yeah. that, but it really caught on. So I had these people, oh, 
the, then, then Laura tells me, Dad, you've, do you realize you've got 99 plus messages? People are trying to contact you. I'd never used DMs. So wow. I opened up my, and I had all these messages from all over the world. People saying, oh God, I love watching you and Paul break. And it was just, it became very popular. So you know, that's, how, how, that's how I personally got into box breaks. Would you say that going on Instagram and really leveraging those live auctions really changed your business? Um, I think that what what happens in, you know, I always was out there trying to publicize and I always like, hey, the company was named after me. But, you know, you got Sotheby's. There's no Mr. Sotheby's. You've got, you know, you, you've got Christie's. There's no Mr. Christie's, right? Yep. But Golden, there is a Mr. Golden. So I mm. think with me going out there in social media and me going out there and engaging and people saying, okay, fine. Besides being maybe a nerdy collectible guy, you know, this guy's got kids. He's a family guy. He's got fun, fun with his son. Um, Laura would join in there too. My, my, my other daughter, Carly, who God at the time was two, you know, two and three years old. Yeah. She would try and hop on and she'd show her, um, her frozen cards and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> I, I think it really, you know, personalized it, you know, and then that's, and then in, at the end of 2020, is when I took the investment from Churning and that whole group with Mark Cuban and Kevin Durant and everybody else. And of course, um, you know, with Brett Montgomery of Wheelhouse and uh, Connor Shell. Yep. And that's when I was approached at the end of 2020, you go, your life is fascinating. Your business is fascinating. We think we can do a TV series around your life. And I'm like, okay, who's going to watch this thing? And that's how King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch came to be on Netflix. How was it filming a TV show for the first time ever? <laughs> it was different than I thought. I mean, you obviously would know. I, I honestly, when they told me they're going to do a reality show about uh, mostly about my business, but a bit about my life, you know, I told, you know, my wife, Jen, you know, we may have a camera in the house. You know, we might, you know, I thought maybe they just install cameras and they go about my business and that's that. But oh, no, no, it's like, okay, you know, they, what are you going to do? What are you working on? It, it, the preparation is everything. Yeah, I mean, so much work. So much, because we have 5,000 items a week that come out through our, through our business. So they want to- A week? Think, yeah, a week. So they wanted to pick, okay, what's interesting? And obviously the great thing is, is it's, it's a lot to choose from, right? Yeah. So, that, so you know, they can cherry pick, okay, what is Golden gonna be working on the next three months? These are the items that are interesting to us. We want to follow the storyline. Yeah. So when you see things, you know, but look, it's a lot of, okay, you need to walk in again so yeah. the camera can get you this angle. And what I did not understand, I did not think is I thought, oh my God, everybody wants to be in a TV show. People who sell me stuff, they all, they're, everyone's gonna love this. I'm gonna get so much product and everyone's gonna wanna go on. No, I tell some guy with, with a $2 million card, hey, do you want to film this? And the response is, I don't want my neighbors to know I spent $2 million yeah, on exactly. a card. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was tough. That's, that's, look, that's why I loved the um, the three guys with the triple logo man. Oh, yeah. We wanted to, I wanted to unpack that, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, but but that that was great because I, I and I, I told him as I was working, I said, listen, instead of doing this on the phone, can I fly cool. you up to New Jersey and can we do this deal? All, you know, in my office instead of on the phone. And do you mind if I've got like 17 cameras filming it? <laughs> and it was it, it was interesting. It was it was. Very exciting. It was very enjoyable. Um, working with people like Mike Tyson. Yeah, I mean, having Mike Mike crazy. Tyson sit in front of my sit in front of my desk. Yeah, that was right? crazy. Um, and some of the outtakes. I'm, I'm 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 like what I'm amazed in is we probably filmed enough to do ten episodes. Sure. What I'm amazed in is some of the stuff that did not make it. Yeah, I'm like that was so amazing. I mean, Mike Tyson literally was like strolling through my office and some guy was watching YouTube and he literally snuck up behind them while they were watching YouTube. He goes, oh, I love that. But guess what? This is, this is Ken Golden. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> they were like fired by Mike Tyson. Oh my um, God. Just like crazy, crazy stuff. But it was, it's, you know, you know, Logan Paul. Logan Paul was probably the most fun I had filming an episode. And, and he, for those who not see, do not have not seen, I don't want to spoil, but that's episode six. Uh -huh. He did not know. So first of all, one the thing, other box, right? Yeah, you know, that everything everything is unplanned. So obviously, we're opening up a box of cards. We have no idea if it's going to be great or if it's going to be garbage. Right, okay, right. But when I hit him with that, and he's looking at me, and there's like the you know 
the, the streaming is off and he's looking at me and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll wire you half the money. I mean, that, that happened. I, I literally sent him a wire that, that Monday and we just took a big gamble. For context, there was these Pokemon cards, these sealed 1990s original Pokemon cards, and there's not very many of them in the world, right? And sealed, yeah, correct. Sealed. Pro and probably under 40 boxes in the world, I would guess. Wow. Right and now. Logan has a handful of them, right? Yep. Yep. And there was a scene where you guys were unboxing one of them, and then almost candidly, it, it almost sounded like, hey, let me, you want to do one more? Uh -huh. And he just grabbed one out of his personal collection. That's what yeah, happened, yeah. Right? It was, no, he, he had no idea that was going to happen. Had we hit a Charizard in the live stream, which we did not in his live stream, yep. um, that never would have happened. But I'm just like thinking to myself, okay, this didn't, well, this, this did not, this, this was not what we were hoping for. We had however many people on his live stream that weren't happy because we didn't pull a big card. Um, I had all these Netflix cameras there hoping to get something big <laughs> and Logan, you got four more boxes. You know, what'd you pay for it? Why don't I just, why don't we just split the box? And wow. this was, not scripted they didn't know i was gonna do it it was just i just said screw it um let's try it and he looked at me and wanted to know if i'm like putting a gag on him or am i literally telling him let's open up a three hundred thirty thousand dollar box i'm gonna wire you a hundred three hundred thirty five thousand i'm gonna wire you a hundred sixty seven thousand five hundred dollars on monday for my half of it and let's hope we make There's our money back <laughs> That's crazy. Not to go back to the uh, Mike Tyson sure, thing. Sure, anything you want. But there was a scene yep. where he's like, I want that Muhammad Ali signed glove. Yes. Is that real? Did he, did, is he currently in possession of it? Mike Tyson walked out of my office with my Ali glove. <sighs> and no, here's, here's a story. Obviously, my building has more than one pair of Ali gloves. But sure. the and, and I can get Muhammad Ali gloves. But <laughs> that particular glove... I had signed when I had Ali under contract in 1991. Wow! So that was an older signature, which is much more. Look, he was he was he was great in 19. He wasn't you know wasn't you know Parkinson's really hadn't set in. He didn't have a shaky signature. It was a full signature. It was not you know like a, a much older man. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a nice signature that I had for you know since 1991. Wow. Um, so that was what was um, that was what was sitting on my shelf. Oh. <laughs> Wild. I mean, look, I can't. I'm not an actor. I can't act. You know, they, they, so the people who have, people who've been in the negotiation with me, like see me with that Puerto Rican collector Toppenfeld and yeah. see me with the guys from the Triple Logo Man telling them everything I'm going to do for them, like whatever. That's what I do in real life. So wow. that is, um, you know, Dave Arriman was on a dating show before I hired him in 2018. Okay. Um, Alex Jimo, you know, does broadcast for MLB, you know, on the side, yeah, you know. Yeah. So some of these people have, have had more experience what I'm doing there. And whether I suck or whether I'm great is just me doing what I do in, in everyday life. One thing that I was surprised about, and I'm sorry to cut you off, right. but, and Ryan, you can relate to this. I didn't realize how big your team was. You yeah. have massive overhead. We do have a bigger overhead. Yeah, we have. How many, um, people, how many people are on your staff? Well, at Golden, we... Probably I have 102 total, including outside tech people, and probably 80 people that work. And we've got two, it looks like one office, but it's a big building. There's, uh, there is the warehouse photography editorial um, on one side. Then there's a literally a medical company in the middle. And then there is the whole <laughs> office on the other. So if I want to go to the warehouse, we, we, we didn't show that stuff. I have to walk outside. Walk, you know, hundred feet, around the medical yeah, company. and then and then go walk into the building. But uh, and they're managing all the live auctions, all the categorizing of all the items, managing the website, customer accounts, like all that stuff. Everything, finance, collections, <clears throat> um, research. I mean, I've got um, what are we got? Six people in the editorial department. Just just write write the script. Yeah, like six people in editorial who just write descriptions and uh, things like that. I mean, um, how many people do you have who are sourcing new product for you uh sourcing so the besides the individuals that you saw mm -hmm. on on camera um we have i think 12 we have 11 people who have a title that would be like consignment director it's like their job to do it full-time and then we have probably four or five account managers that help 
Got it. The main people, but also will do small deals. Yeah. You're kind of kind of like if you have you have a piece of real estate that's not something you want to handle personally, but you you give it off to somebody who's sure. just starting. Sure, sure, it, sure. It's kind of like them. Somebody calls us with with like you know five hundred dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. Okay, you're you're going to get your feet wet with, with with this and that. Like that like what Maisha did on on you know one yeah. or two deals. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're 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 purchasing new items all the time as well. Yeah, we um you know. As an individual, I collect. As a company, we we don't purchase that often. Almost everything we do is uh, almost everything we do is on consignment. I myself, for what I buy, I probably am one of the twenty biggest buyers in the industry just for a, a personal collection and sometimes for investment. What's your favorite item? Uh, my favorite item has to be my nineteen twenty seven Babe Ruth game used bat uh, used wow. during his sixty home run season. Got it. And and that. The, the thing that's special about that bat, it is the only bat that can be traced directly to Babe Ruth's wife. So Claire Ruth had that bat for many years after uh, Babe Ruth passed, and he saved it. She said it was the only bat he saved because it was from his favorite season, 1927. Wild. What is one of the craziest things you had to do to get your hands on, like, a rare piece? I know that one you had to go to Puerto Rico last minute. Like yep. the, the craziest is um, we... I had to fly. We recently sold the uh, Maradona Hand of God ball. Yeah. And actually, it had a reserve. It did not sell at auction and then sold the following week uh, privately. So people, we never even announced that we sold the ball, but we sold the ball. Maradona Hand of God ball, seven-figure ball was sold. There you go. Exclusive. Um, there yes. It is. But uh, we had a ridiculous negotiation with them and they are in Africa. Got it. So we had to fly a security team who was then stopped at customs getting into Africa and then stopped getting out of, like the movie, out of Africa yeah. with the Hand of God ball and, and all the paperwork. That was probably the most difficult consignment to get just because of all the logistical all, all issues the moving, all the moving pieces around and the, the 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 guy did not speak a word of english we had to go through his son it was just it was it was a lot of a lot of um back and forth uh taubenfeld collection literally i met jim taubenfeld in 2012 the guy from puerto rico right and so that was 10 years in the making Oh my God. <laughs> 10 years. That's persistence, right? You stay on top of somebody, you stay in touch. Yes. You always, when they're in the buy mode, you say, What are you looking for? Speaking our language. Yeah. Is, is this something I can get you? You know, are you aware that we have this at auction? And then when he gets out of buy mode and gets into sell mode, you're the one I contact. The same way you're, you get the listings of sure. your guys who are buyers, right? Yep. When, when you think about your job, mm -hmm. Are you a, are you are you a a, a collector, mm -hmm. a CEO, mm -hmm. or a salesman? Um, look, for my particular job, I need to be part of everything. Okay, you know, like literally, sometimes I feel like I'm a, psych, I'm a psychologist, right? Yeah. You know, what I try to tell people is I can never guarantee you a specific price. Sure. What I can tell you is on the day of the auction, I can guarantee you that we will get the highest price that anybody can possibly get you for that item on that day, because my job is to make sure that any potential buyer knows about an item. If I'm selling something for with that, uh, that I want to go for $3 million, I need to make sure that anybody around the world who might possibly be interested and possibly be able to afford it knows about it, that the photography is amazing, that the content is amazing, that you know any videos we do for it are absolutely amazing, that it just looks like an item that your collection will not be complete unless you own this item. That is my key job because I work for my consigner. But realistically, it's, it's, like, it's, it's everything. I mean, I need the ability to instinctively look at something and say, okay, what, what do I think this is worth? Is sure. this... Gold is this garbage. Um, and you're pulling comps, the same way we do yeah, in the real estate exactly, world, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, with cards and graded comic books, it's easy because you can look up. It's all public. You, you, you can look up past sales. You got something like a um, Jackie Robinson Game Use World Series bat or a, um, 
or God, something crazy like was in the uh, in in the show, like the hand handcuffs that were used to capture Lee Har Harvey Oswald after he shot Kennedy. Yeah, how do you possibly find a comp for that? You know, honestly, presidential I, hair. Yeah, presidential hair. Right. I mean, you just gotta you just gotta pull stuff. But you know, I I like to think that my job, besides being the best marketer in the business, is honestly being like a cheerleader for my industry. You know, because I want to bring more people into collecting. I want to let them know the diverse type of collectibles that are out there. Hey, if you're not into cards, maybe you're into memorabilia, maybe you're into yeah. autographs. If you're not into memorabilia and autographs, maybe you're into pop culture or something else. But find something and keep broadening the base because it's going to help my company, but realistically, it's gonna help everybody's company. So how has the way you market, or how has, how has your ability to bring on product changed since the Netflix show? Okay, so you're like the guy now, like yeah, more officially. Yeah. I mean, what it, it, are people calling you for, like from India saying I have a thing and this that? And we, you're feeling calls and we unf it is. I, I I feel badly for my customer service department and anybody who reads our emails because our <laughs> emails, incoming emails, are probably twenty five x. Yeah, and unfortunately, wow. you know, obviously ninety eight percent of those new incoming emails are people who have something that we would never sell. Sure, you know, because they they see. They see a Pokemon card going for a hundred for a couple hundred thousand dollars, and they have it, but it's not first edition. It's not graded. It's not a nine or a ten. You know, they they have a Mickey Mantle card, but it's the wrong Mickey Mantle card. You know, they have an autograph, but it's 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 not a it's not it's not a real autograph. Lots of emails. But um, Golden has been in business for eleven years. Yeah. Two thousand twelve. Um, Hope the guys at collectors don't 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 mind me saying this, but I have not looked in the I have not done the analysis in the past week, but in those eleven years, as of about ten days ago, thirty percent of every single registered user in the Golden Database has registered since April twenty eighth, two thousand twenty three. Wow! By the way, coincidentally, King of Collectibles Golden Touch launched. April 28th, 2023. Wow. So so that should tell you. I mean, my site on a Monday morning, typical is probably 10x what it used to be. You know, I've got people telling me that they have stuff in, you know, we, now we have a vault in Delaware, where which, which is a marketplace. It's got like $200 million worth of stuff where people can store it uh, for free and we cover the insurance and they can save sales tax. They could ship it from, they buy something in California, ship it to Delaware or, yep. you know, the collector's vault, they don't pay tax. So we they, they just list stuff at whatever price. I got one guy who posted something on Instagram. He bought something at like 30 bucks and, Somehow he got two hundred and seventy-four dollars for it. That that's how much traffic we have around the world. That, that some people are getting crazy prices. You know, so so it's been, it's been very good, and a lot of new people are getting into um, into collectibles all around the world. Wild. That's crazy. Do you have anything here? I do. We I actually came from a news appearance, and we have a special right now, treats. Right now, we have something called the Golden One Hundred. The and Golden One Hundred. Golden One Hundred. We are in part one of the Golden One Hundred. And uh, it's 50 items. And what I wanted to do was, you know, everyone's got auctions, you know, hell, eBay's got online auctions, right? You know, I wanted to do something special where it's more of an event. People yeah. feel special to have an item in that particular auction and people feel honored to be able to bid. And when people buy it, I'm sure that every one of these items, somebody's gonna be hold, showing a picture of the item or showing a picture of themselves with the item. Say, hey, I wanted something out of the Golden 100. And it's not just sports, it's entertainment, it's comics, it's historical. I mean, we even have a, you know, we, we've got the, speaking of nine, we've got the dress Kate Winslet wore in Titanic. Oh, photo match. I've, I've got the outfit that George Reeves, the 1950s Superman, flew around in, in, in you know, on the TV show. Oh, I have a Triceratops fossil in the auction, the actual full three-horned dinosaur head. Oh, my so, God. Speaking of, oh my you God. can't have an auction like that. Where do you want me to show this? You want me to <laughs> Any, that one right there. This one right here? Okay. Wow. So this is uh, Superman number one. This is the first ever comic book in history devoted to one character, Superman. Wow. And uh, this is in a 7.0. There are about, I'm just going to say less than 75, all original copies of Superman that exist in the world. So that's it. It's it's like the Tito 600 is Wagner of comic books. 
This is a 7.0. There exists two comic books in the world, Superman number one, that are higher grade than 7.0. The current bidding on this is at a million and will probably end up somewhere, you know, 2.25 to $3 million for this book. So this is live right now. This is live. On the site. Right. Luckily, it's in a case. Uh, you can hold it. That's that's a great thing about when they encase an item. You know, ooh. people say, "Why don't you?" I thought if I was holding a Jackie Robinson jersey, I'd have gloves. It's like, you know, so don't drop it. Yeah, so, don't drop it. Though. <laughs> how do you? So how do you? Co- I mean, who who held on to this for so long? That's crazy. Where it's so perfect, and they, was, did someone else keep it in glass or in plastic for that long? I I I never saw this one raw. Here you go. Oh, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, obviously that's why they're so unusual. And what I what I tell people about collectibles is that if something is produced and being advertised as a collectible, yeah, it's never going to be worth anything, right? Sure. Just assume it's not going to be stuff like that. You know, it's like that's from 1939. You know what they did with baseball cards in 1939? The same thing they did in baseball cards from the 50s and 60s. They put them in the bicycle spokes to make a, yeah. a motorcycle sound. Okay, they weren't meant to be kept in perfect condition. Most of these were red and thrown away. Now this is really cool. This might be a um, a one of one. That one's crazy. So Mickey Mantle, everyone knows the 52 Tops rookie, but that 52 Tops Mantle. But that's not technically his rookie. It's his first Tops card. And I call it a rookie too. And you know, you can get away with calling a rookie, but his true rookie is the 1951 Bowman. Um, you know, there there's a decent number of these cards out there. If you have it in a grade of, I think in one and in nine recently sold for about four, four and a half million dollars. But what's unusual about this one is, take a look, and it has a signature on it. Yeah. That is not just Mickey Mantle's signature. That is his old style signature. Mickey Mantle shortened and changed his signature when he made it to the big leagues. Over time, just to be faster, just yeah, two Yeah, and he yeah. had a little bit of banana, like banana loops. So that is a rookie era signature, which meant that card was probably signed in either 1951 or 1952. Ooh. So you have a rookie Mickey Mantle card with a rookie signature on it that might be one of one or maybe one of two or three that exist in the world. So this is also up at the uh, Golden 100. So you're right selling now, that right now. Com. That's oh, available right now as well. Yeah. What's that go for? Um, this is going to be, for what it is, surprisingly inexpensive. I believe right now it's a, around 100000 And, you know, I'd love it to get to two hundred fifty or 300000 But, you know, anywhere between one twenty-five and 200000 is probably where it's going to go, which to me is underappreciated compared to some of the other items items in there. Got it. How much does a signature like increase the value? Is it like a straight across the board, like 5X, 10X, or like do you think totally varies. I mean it's it's when when I was growing up and collecting cards, it was taboo to get a card signed. They said having a signature on the card is like having an ink ink stain on the card. It devalues it. It's only recently that signed cards have become you know, much more valuable, and the fact that people didn't go out and do it in you know in in, in droves in the in the nineteen eighties when guys like and eighties and I, I guess nineties when guys like Mantle, yeah. DiMaggio, and Williams were alive mm-hmm. um, is why some of their car, signed cards are more valuable. So it's really it, it, there's no specific there's no specific uh, value or rhyme or reason. It's really what the collector wants. Got it. With the advent of of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the the value of autographs, especially like the ones that are created post 2012, mm-hmm. 2013, um, uh, have gone down because the selfie kind of became the new autograph? Not as many people are going to yeah. celebrities and saying, oh, could you please sign this photo of, of yourself, Brad Pitt? It's, it's take a photo with me because oh, I want to well, prove well, to everybody well, that I saw you. Well, think about it. You know, it, is, it, if you look at supply and demand, if that is actually decreasing the supply of autographs because they want a selfie instead of an auto, autograph, so that makes the, the autographs autograph, more the autograph should go up. So I think that the autograph, you know, the, what really is, the people really want the ultimate now is uh, getting a, you know, getting, getting a selfie and getting a picture of the guy signing your item. Okay, that that's double like, trouble, right? Yeah. You, know, so you do that and you snap a photo. So I, look, I think autograph collectors are still out there, and I know that you know people always always want celebrity autographs. They always want athletes' autographs. These big athletes can't go anywhere. You know, I go out. You know, the, probably the guy, the two guys I've had meals with most in these in the sports industry are probably Barry Bonds mm-hmm. and Joe Montana, and. 
Barry Bonds, people walk around, it's just like, oh my God, they're in awe. They're in absolute awe. But a lot of people are afraid to walk up to him sure. and either ask for a picture or yeah. ask for an autograph. They may say, Barry, you were the greatest as they walk by. Right. Joe Montana, it's like an open invitation to come sit next to me and, and ask me about my career. I, I guess he's, he's got the friendlier outlook. I, you know, he's more media, but like with Joe, it's like, they don't care if we're eating dinner. They don't care if we're at a bar. They don't care what's going on. Hey, Joe, how you doing? It's, it's, but, but believe me, these guys are hit up all the time. And then everybody, if you can have both, you know, they want both. But a lot of celebrities and a lot of athletes, what they've done is like Barry tries to ask somebody their name. Yeah. You know, because doesn't, you know, if they want, he's fine giving away an autograph for free, but doesn't want some, you know, middle-aged guy to be sending a 14-year-old kid to get an autograph, give it to him, and he sells it. He'd rather, kid comes up to him and say, hey, what's your name? And he'll personalize it to the kid. Sure. Tom Brady yep. uh, signed Patriots helmets. Anything special these days? Tom Brady, look, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Okay. Well. There, there's, there, there's no, there, there's no doubt. Um, you know, I, I know Tom, you know, Tom may even see this for all we know. Right. Um, Tom was kind enough oh, to throw awesome. a, uh, touchdown pass to, to my son, Paul, nice. um, at an event last year. So, um, very, we're very much in the Brady camp and his items, I would say out of any living athlete, even when you go to somebody like Messi yeah. and Jordan, his items are among the single most valuable autographed items. Like, yeah, like, like an, 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 a non-game used autograph Brady jersey is probably below a Jordan jersey, wow. but above a LeBron or wow. a Messi or Ronaldo signed jersey, just to give it some context in terms of the, uh, the, uh, the value. Signed memorabilia mm -hmm. is a great uh, closing gift in my business. Yep. Right. Like we just uh, sold an apartment for uh, 37 and a half million dollars and I helped him find a new place. Right. It's a new yep. rental. Yep. Uh, the rental is a hundred thousand a month. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I got to, you know, I'm dealing with people where I have to figure out what do I get them as a closing gift? Yeah. A bottle of wine just yeah. doesn't cut it for yeah. that type of deal. And so him and his son, they're huge, huge soccer uh, fans and football fans over overseas. And so mm -hmm. I found a, I don't even remember why it was so special, but I found a, a, a messy jersey that was signed after something or other yeah. and, and framed. And so I had it put into uh, his new apartment as a surprise. There you so go. when he walks in and he, you know, it's, cause it's something that he could go by himself. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. He could probably like that guy's level, probably just call him, <laughs> like, <laughs> but he wouldn't, you know, like he, they don't, they don't go out of their way. Yep. Um, even, you know, we just, I just sold an apartment to, uh, to somebody for uh, a significant amount of money, and his his daughter is a Taylor Swift fan, mm -hmm. so I was able to find a a, a signed Taylor Swift tour guitar mm -hmm. and have that sent to his daughter because there's nothing I could get that guy that's going to make well, him. Well, you'll have to hit me happy. up. You, you definitely hit me up. You know any. Oh, Anything like that, we can always find. I know you mentioned this before, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention it now. Uh, that's, you know, even, even no matter how popular you are, yeah. no matter how much money you have, you know, even if you can, you don't want to oftentimes go to these people and ask. Yep. Um, and that's actually how I met Drake, is I, his manager came to Golden, contacted Golden, and they were started looking for items, and one day after he bought a couple things at auction, one day they, he just gave me a shopping list. Literally wow. of 27 items that Drake just that wanted. he was looking for. And they were like, look, it was, this was back when Zion Williamson was in Duke and he won a oh. signed Duke jersey. And this is before NIL deals. And I'm like, okay, how do I get a, an, an authentic signed <laughs> Zion Williamson Duke jersey while he is in college and I cannot pay the guy? But there was like a Michael Schumacher racing helmet. It, 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 was, it was, you know, the whole bit with um you know with that and of course look he's drake you know he you, you think that he can have his manager say hey, drake's a big fan do you mind sending me a signed jersey but no they, they would never do that yeah wow. yeah no he's he's above board that way yeah. it's such a unique business why so make such a good good tv show yep. right so what's next are we doing season two are we doing the book are we doing well, like the what are we doing well you know how it goes right so we've been out uh it's been a month. Yeah, it's been it's been a month. It's, it, it's been a month. Yeah, Netflix. They think. They yeah, wait. They, they look they, at like they, the, the they thirty would, day, then the ninety day, right? Yeah, I would look. My personal opinion, you know, is I I think it is highly likely 
that they do a season two. When they came to me originally, the whole concept was, especially with the people behind it, you know, you got you got Wheelhouse, which is, you know, Brent, and yep. he created Pawn Stars, so he knows how to make a good series that's gonna last 20 years, right? Yes, yes. And you've got Connor Shell, who's from ESPN, and you've got Peyton Manning in Omaha. Yeah. So the goal of creating the show in the beginning was they wanted it to be, you know, evergreen, almost like an annuity. There's so much going on at Golden Auctions that, you know, every year, there's new product, yeah, there's new stuff. You can pick 40, 40 items and have 40 stories and then and figure it out. So it, it, we're never going to get right. We never have to worry about writer strikes. You never have to worry about, you know, yep. employee movement, you know, as, as long as, quite frankly, right, as long as I'm doing it, as long as we have the product, it, it's, 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 it's going to work. Um, so the whole purpose was they wanted to do this for multiple years. Yeah. So... I know that they're, I, I would hope they're happy with the results. I don't know so much so much about their algor algorithm, except for one week, we were top 10 in 12 different countries, including five that do not speak English, yeah, so which, which is a neat trick. Super cool. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping it gets renewed. I'm expecting it will, but you know, when they officially decide to do it and um, how we do it, we shall see. But I think you know, season one, we did it without anybody really knowing we were doing it. Yeah. And without anybody coming to, you know, how, you know, people, like people will come to you because you have a show and they want their item on the show. Well, we did not have a show. Correct. So if we got all these great items without having a show. Imagine what it could be now, yeah. Exactly. You're like the new Pawn Stars and Netflix. If you don't give us a season two, I'm canceling all my subscriptions. There you go. It's the same. There they, you go. You know, and Netflix does care about you. Yes, they care they about, care about you. Uh, Just, I, I've been meaning to ask this. Golden Auctions is 11 years old. Yes. What were you doing before that? And um, how did you make money? Before that, I had you know, really, God, since 1998, I had Golden Sports, which really, I only had two customers. I had QVC and HSN, and Got I it. used to package items and you know get athletes to sign mm -hmm. items and put people on- On, on, on contract. On I, I, yeah. I, had, I put Shaquille O'Neal on QVC. I, I had Joe DiMaggio when he was alive on, on, on QVC. I had Joe Montana, you know, all the, all Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr. Is that like all the legends from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, I would put them on TV and sell product. And before that, when I was a teenager, I started the company with my father called Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Yep. And the big thing we did there was we created classic trading cards. And I guess I invented the concept of making a draft pick trading card product and putting draft pick cards into packs. Got it. Crazy. Yep. You have any items you're like on the hunt for right now today? Personally, for the uh, yeah, for the business, you know, anytime I can get, look, I, I always want to get a Babe Ruth jersey. I want to get a 1952 Mickey Mantle in a grade of nine or better. Um, for the business or personally? Oh, this is the business. Any T206 Honus Wagner. Um, any, I mean, geez, we've got all the best, like great comic books. And any, oh, look, I like items that are newsworthy and people look, I want people to look and say, holy cow, how, 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 how did you it? possibly, yeah. how did you possibly get that item? Um, yeah. You know, personally. Oof, that's what I'm excited for. Personally, I own a T206 complete set. I do not have a Honus Wagner. So depending what happens with, with the business, I may add a T206 Wagner to it. Um, I'd love one day to find a Babe Ruth jersey to go with that Babe Ruth bat. Yeah. Um, those would be my um, two ultimate. And on the comic book side, I own all, all of the best Marvel titles in high grade, but I, I'm 0 for 4 right now on the big uh, DC with Batman and Superman and Detective in Action, which is how they both started Superman and Batman. So um, those would be the four I would look at. Um, so if anyone watching has yeah. those... Yeah. Ken's looking for them. Yep. And he'll pay a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your security like? Oh God. Um it's gonna be a whole separate part of the business. Yeah, I do. We we have a dedicated security team. Yeah. Uh we have boy, at the building at any time we'll have um six armed guards between the two buildings. So it's you know pr pretty heavy. Um the vault is crazy, but on on a personal level, I do have at all times, you know. Whenever I have something, I typically have two people, you know, with me, you know. Like you're carrying around the one of one Superman, yeah, exactly. one of one. Exactly. Yeah. Mickey yeah. Mantle. There's, there's, there's a guy out, outside the building with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we saw. We saw. Um, and 
you know, typically for me, like we do something within that, like we go to the national, we may have like eight, you know, six security guards at the booth and like one person is specifically assigned to me. You know, so like I like literally people say, why is Ken walk around the convention with security? Why? Because Ken at any point in time, somebody can walk up to him and say, hey, can you take a look at this? Hey, I'd like to consign this. Hey, can you go to PSA and get this graded for me? So I can be walking back the floor with, um, you know, $3 million in my pocket. I, in 2016, this funny story, 2016, I had no security at all. Didn't have any, never did anything with it. Crazy. <laughs> People didn't know who I was. Um, and I had to, I was taking a, um, a teacher six Wagner over to, you know, I was, I was doing the tour. I think I was on one of the morning shows, you know, I was on CNBC and I was going to New York and I was sure. doing Yahoo business and Fox business, you know, one after the other. Yep. And I, so I wore a suit, which I, by the way, I do not dress like this. I came from, I came from a, uh, <laughs> normally I'm very casual, like you see in the show. Um, but so I, I had a suit on and I went there, I had, had, had a suit and tie and I literally just took the Wagner and I had it in my inside pocket. And I went to these things and I would just before I pulled out of my pocket and people say, how do you do that? I said, well, if I'm walking around New York city and I've got some big guy next to me and I got a briefcase and I'm holding it. It looks like I am carrying something expensive. Sure. I am a target. But if I'm walking around New York City and I'm just, you know, another guy in, in, in a suit and tie, you know, walking into an office building, who the hell am I? What am I doing? You yeah. in. That's what I've lost. So, so that, that aspect, that I can't do anymore. Sure. Um, so I have the security. Crazy. Yeah. Someone wanting to get into like mm. the collector, mm -hmm. or like the flipping game, like mm. where, where do they start? How do they get into it? My kids are like avid Pokemon card okay. finders. And every time they, they open up a pack, they're like, Dad, this one's worth like 60 bucks. Yeah. And How, the, the, the great thing about the business, kids, especially kids. the cards, is there is so much information. I mean, look, you know, we've, um, you know, like P PSA is a, a sister company of Golden, mm -hmm. you know, so you can go in and they're obviously. Well, they, they, they own 90% of the grading market. So it's, it's, the, it's the biggest and most important grading company out there. But if you go to psacard.com, you can look at the prices of everything. You've got, they've got, we've got an app called Card Ladder where you can literally go to Card Ladder, type in anything, no matter what the heck it is, they'll tell you when it was sold, what's it worth in this condition, the whole bit. But what I would say before you ever think of spending, if you were spending money to collect, just go ahead and buy what you like. If you were spending money with the hope of reselling it one day for a profit, stop, learn what the hell you're doing, learn about you know what, what you want to do, how you wanna do it and make sure you understand, okay? For most people, for most people opening up a box of cards and hoping to get more than you paid for that cost in the box, um, does not work. Sometimes you can make 150 times your money or a thousand times your money. Oftentimes you may open up a box of $100 cards and you may get $80 or you may get $30. Yeah. It just happens. So what I want to do, you know, there, there is a great amount of money that can be made from buying good cards that are ungraded, knowing, okay, is this going to be a nine? Is this going to be a 10? If you can spot tens, okay, which, which, you know, you got to train your eye to do it, experience. But if you can spot tens and you can send these, whether it's a Pokemon card, whether it's a modern card, whether it's a Prism basketball card, you know, whether it's Topps Bowman, doesn't matter. But if you can spot tens or you can spot high grade cards from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that are, have not been graded, there is incredible margin by doing that, getting them graded from PSA because. 90% of the population that collects cards, you know, collects serious cards that like will spend, when I say serious, I'm not talking a thousand, I'm talking like we'll go out and buy a single card in a holder for a hundred bucks, okay? They will not buy cards that are not already graded and sealed. So if you are able to get raw cards and get them graded and get back good grades, that is a tremendous margin business but, now, but there you go learn, but just learn there you got to bottom line is educate yourself there's so many that look there's you know go to golden i mean we you know people we used to only have ten thousand dollar items right now we've got a weekly auction with five thousand items that started five bucks type in anything look under past results type in you have something 
Go to golden.com, go to past results, type it in. See if it's ever sold before. See what it's sold for. See what it's sold for um, ungraded. See what yeah. it's sold for in a grade of seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten. But just understand what you're doing and understand the values and understand how easy it is. And do not be fooled by buy it now and asking prices on eBay because people can go up there and they literally can take a $200 item and they can ask $27,000 for it. And just because you see something being offered for $27,000 on, on eBay does not mean it's worth $27,000. Welcome to the real estate business. Yes. <laughs> exactly. These people who are doing like fractional ownership on mm -hmm. stuff like this, is mm -hmm. that worth it? Is that... Um, look, the fractional ownership I thought was a good and interesting idea when it came out. Um, I think the issue, and, and I still think, look, it's, it's like owning a piece of a stock, right? The problem is with a physical asset, like, look, <clears throat> I have this Mickey Mantle rookie card signed. You know, somebody comes over my house, you know, I'm going to brag and I'm going to show them, right? Yeah. Okay. And that, that, that's in the inherent problem of it, Can't is, cut that, it is, is that you do not have physical possession. But for those who it does not matter, I think it's good. I think that, I think the issue is that there have previously been several sites, so it's been diluted. You know, it's it's trading, right? It's like a stock exchange. You, for that to work to me, you need one major exchange where the shares can be traded frequently and are liquid. Not like 17 people are trying to sell it and two people want to buy it on that given day. Right. So it goes down, it goes down in value. And that's the inherent issue with it. I think it's a good concept. Um, I think for certain people, it's great to say, you know, like perfect item is a T206 Honus Wagner. Hey, I own a share in a T206 Honus Wagner. It's a great thing. I don't think it's so great for a $5,000 item. Um, I think for, for a holy grail type of item, I think it's great. And I think they just have to have really good uh, really good trading and provide more liquid liquidity and um, it'll work. It kind of went like this, kind of shot up, shot up in 2019 and 2021. And it's like slowly been drifting down the interest and the activity with, with the various sites. Yeah, the same um, thing kind of with real estate. During yeah. COVID, there was a, you couldn't find enough real estate. And so everyone was saying, okay, well, I'm going to do share homes and yeah. split up LLCs into eight different pieces and do uh -huh. that. But it's but then you can't go when you want to go and that did yep. this and then it, you know, it's tough. Well, Mr. Ken Golden, you are a wealth of collectible information. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining this episode of Business of Influence. Everyone go to golden.com. Mm -hmm. He has all your things and go yep. watch his show and we'll see you on season two. Yep. Here we go. Woo. Sit here.